everyone, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you an edge on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience. And today I am joined by my friend, Diane Black, founder of the Doodle Institute. How is it going today, Diane? Very good, Jared. How are you today? I am great. Thank you so much for some ta- for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. Really excited to learn a little bit more about the Doodle Institute. Um, so maybe you can just kind of fire this off with giving us like kind of the 15 second elevator pitch. What is it that the Doodle Institute does? So the Doodle Institute primarily focuses on building courses, community and careers for visual thinkers. So I'm a visual thinker and a fine arts major. And I was always told I'd struggle as an artist growing up. And instead I'm thriving and teaching others how to unlock their visual thinking. Okay. Well, let's start with just kind of, I guess, give us kind of the history, the background on like how you kind of move, like what was your career path? Was this always your career path? Have you always been in this uh, space? Like, how did you kind of, uh, how did you start off your career? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So I got a fine arts degree and I wound up in Chicago working for the Goodman Theater. And while I was there, I got discovered, but I didn't get discovered as an actress or as a stage manager. I got discovered for my art journals. A corporate executive saw my journals and hired me for Ernst & Young. And at the age of 23, I was flying around the world for some of the biggest companies drawing on their whiteboards. And my career launched from there. And so I did that for about five years. And while I was drawing, I would fill like 200 feet of whiteboard. And while I was drawing, I would stand there at the whiteboards and I would think these visual conversations can happen in any room, in any conversation, in any industry. So I started my own business in 1998, 99. And then I started creating teams of visual facilitators that were working for companies. And then after that, that evolved for about another 10 years. And then I started creating online courses. And in my heart, I always thought I want to inspire everyone to draw. So I want to create this Doodle Institute. And so here's here's where the story gets kind of interesting. So I was 42 then. I'd already been a professional, what were called visual facilitators for almost 20 years of my career. And now I wanted to teach online. And I found out I was pregnant with our third kid. And my work was usually flying and traveling. And I wanted to create an online course. I'd already had an online course, but this was about seven years ago. I'm one of the founders of Kajabi. And there weren't a lot of platforms to put your courses. So I built six courses. Like I didn't launch one baby product. I launched six courses that were a program and I self-coded my own website. And then my husband was like, okay, so how do they log in? And I was like, well, that's the thing. I don't know how to get them all their own password. And so he was like, what are you going to do? And I said, I just hope they don't tell each other that they all have the same password. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, Diane, that is not going to fly. So then like Google search, online platform, online platform, and Kajabi was like, like about to close like their founding members. And I slid in right at the end. And that weekend, I uploaded six online courses. Like I'm hacking through it. There's no tutorials of how Kajabi works. Like I'm literally just trying to figure it all out. And I upload six classes and go live on Monday. And I was like, okay, now I'm in the Kajabi world. And I launched what I called Doodle Your Dreams. Amazing. You know, I think that like the founder is such it's so aptly named because like even, even if you weren't a Kajabi founder, like you're a founder of course creation, like, like you were on the, the pre- 
precipice of of this journey into online teaching and training. So like before we go any further, like I, I want to know, like just like how did you have the idea? Like what like made you think that you wanted to take this doodle training, which I we want to learn about more, learn more about. But how did you yeah. how did you kind of come up with that idea to bring this online? So what happened was as I was building my network and as I was working for these large firms, people would ask me like, are there more people like you? Can we hire more people like you? And I was like, sure, I can, I can go find people. And I would literally be like in Paris or London or Australia or Puerto Rico, walking the streets, looking at people's shoes. Because people's shoes tell you a lot about who they are. And I would look for the person who like doodled on their shoe. I'm not kidding. And I would like go up to them and be like, hey, are you an artist? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, you know what? Um, I know how you can be an artist and be successful. Like <laughs> you want to learn about it. And so then I would, I would tell them like businesses are looking for creatives. They're looking for people to be creative inside of their organization. Um, I can train you on how to listen to business ideas and basically doodle draw them. Like it's, it's like professional graffiti in the workplace is what I would tell them. Do you want to learn how to do this? And I would take people to, to dinner and lunch and I would just talk to them. And then I would just be like, let me just introduce you to some people and see what happens. So I was already organically training people. And then I was seeing like these people's lives were changing. And after four and five years of training people, like I had one person come up to me and he was like, I was a struggling illustrator. And because of you, like I was able to pay for all my kids' colleges. They don't have, you know, financial obligations. Like you changed my life. You changed my career. And so I was already doing it organically. So then I was like, how do I, how do I replicate this? I need to teach this online. And so like my first course, what I did is right before I launched it, I went to South by Southwest, which is a film festival, but they had an, or they had an education side of it. And I bought a booth. It was like a thousand dollars. And I stood in the booth and I was like, I'm the founder of the Doodle Institute. Like literally like here's some things I just printed off of Kinko's. Here's some books I just self published on Amazon. Like, let me get your email address. And then they are who I emailed for the launch. So I gathered like 700 names that weekend. And then I, I launched it to that community and it was all international. And there were all these people who were like, I want to learn more about it. And like people were sending me pictures. They were doodling in like Romania and a tent or they were doodling in Venezuela or they were doodling whatever. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is happening. Like this is important. And so I guess I just believed. Right. And I just was like, I'm going to do this. I'm I'm going to do this. And it just felt like this inner calling of like the world needs to understand that visual thinking is a powerful tool for not only like creativity, but for strategic planning, for brainstorming, for organizing your ideas, for working with companies as well as kids. And I just kept putting myself out there in person. So then I wanted to do it digitally, I guess, as well. Speaking of which, like this is all coming back to me. You, you had a booth at our impact summit, didn't you? I was at your first summit that you guys did. Yeah. I don't want a booth there. I think Were you there? else. I was there though. I was there. Okay. Like, okay. The, uh, yeah. I'm just trying to get my, my head wrapped around. Like, I feel like I, I've maybe ran into you at some point. Maybe I'm just thinking of like conversations about what you are doing. Yeah. No. So I've been there. I've been at like Shalene Johnson's events. Yeah. I've been at Brenda Bouchard's events. I've been at like all kinds of events. And, and that's the other thing like that I love about Kajabi, like jump ahead. I'm a student of Kajabi. Like I've taken Brendan's classes and Amy Porterfield's classes and Shalene 
Jolene's courses. And like, I'm a consumer of Kajabi content to continue to keep elevating my profession as well. And so that's what I think is neat too, is that like the community, you can learn so much from other people and integrate it into your business. So anytime I'm at a Kajabi summit or a Shalene Johnson event, like whoever's on stage, I'm already Googling like Sean Cannell's account. Like I'm already Googling and like hitting purchase. Like, okay, done. I'm going to take that class and I'm going to take that class and I'm going to take that class because I... I love to consume it and I love to complete it. I'm one of the people who like, I like to go through the program and then be like, okay, now what did I learn? Now what did I learn? That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to derail the conversation with that. I just, I, I was like, man, I remember seeing this. Maybe it was at another event or something. Uh, but in any case, let's get back to kind of uh, your journey here. So as kind of a, a course founder and a Kajabi founder and like a course building founder, you are already, you already kind of had a successful career in this space when you jumped in into course building, how are you thinking about it at that time? Were you thinking like this is going to supplement like my income? Did or like what was kind of your overall strategy for like making this a part of your career? Yeah. So for me at that time, the biggest goal was I was about to have my third kid and I was about to not be able to be on the road. So at the time I was traveling 60 cities a year for corporate clients and I would show up and I would draw for them and then I'd go to the next event and I needed to get off the road. I needed to be with my kids. So my biggest priority was family. I wanted to be with my family more. Um, my second priority was I wanted to reach a different audience. I wanted to know how to tap those people on their shoulders and their hearts and say, I know that your creativity matters. And I know that when we unlock it, there's so much you can do with it. And so it wasn't... I could have just gone for the higher end and said, I just want to teach people at the corporate level to do visual thinking, which I, I do. And is still very much a part of my business. But the Doodle Institute was a passion project. It really was like anytime I was working, it was always in the back of my mind. The Doodle Institute, the Doodle Institute, like it, it dropped in and it was like, it was like a mission that I had to do. And I know that I've, I've touched, I mean, it sounds weird, but I know like through Instagram and others, I've touched millions of people through my videos. And my hope is to just be like a modern day Mrs. Rogers. It's like, I can draw with you during the day and then I can put on my jacket and I can go work at night with corporations, you know, like I can, I can live in both worlds and both worlds feed me and my personality. Like I, I, I feed off of creativity and I believe in the power of creativity. I believe in the power of drawing every day. And when I'm creative, my business ideas are better for my clients. And so I want to model that for my community, but it really, it really was around family and it really was about reaching as many people as possible. It was not about finances. It wasn't necessarily like it's there's so many events like there's so many events that the Doodle Institute has put on. We put on our own Doodle Summit. Like they are they are not financial winning on the books type of events that I do. It's really passion, but all of that feeds into the rest of my overall business model. Because like when I'm filled with that passion and that love, like my other business thrives. Yeah, obviously different reasons for everyone jumping into this and taking this leap. And I guess like I mean for you, let's talk about 
about, I imagine there are a ton given that you being on kind of the forefront of this industry, like what were some of the unique challenges and the hurdles that you faced actually getting this, this up and running? So, so many challenges were just technology, right? So like in the very beginning, like my very first videos that I'm, that I'm filming, like, first of all, like I was out of breath because I'm pregnant. I'm like six months pregnant. And I'm like trying to like keep my breath for all my video recordings. Cause I'm like, there's like a deadline. Like I gotta get this course built before this baby comes. And then there was technology. Like the cameras weren't like they are. The lighting wasn't like it is. Um, where do I put my camera? Does it shake? Does it auto focus every time I move my hand? There were a lot of technical challenges that I had to just keep being like, this is the best that I've got. And I'm going to film my video and it's going to be fine. And I've, I've recorded and edited all of my videos. I do everything myself. I write all my scripts. I write all my PDFs. I write all my like sales copy. I have a assistant who helps me with Kajabi, but like I'm a very hands-on learner, but it really was technology and figuring it out. And then after that, it's like, how do you find the people? Right. Okay. So I found those first people at South by Southwest. How do I find the people? And so that's where I was an early adopter of Periscope. And that camera was on, that camera was on six times a day. Come draw with me. Come draw with me this. Come draw with me that. Come draw with me that. And then from Periscope, I jumped to Instagram and I did a daily doodle for almost two years on Instagram during COVID. So it's like social media. And that's why Shaleen Johnson is a huge mentor of mine. Social media was like, how do I keep getting this message out? And how do I keep getting my reach further and further? Now what's crazy is I don't even audibly talk people through the drawings. It's all reels. So it's all hand-drawn, beat it up, add some music to it. And then that'll reach like 29,000 people one day, or maybe it'll reach 5,000 people a day. And not everyone, like, it's not like, oh, I reached 29,000 people. So 29,000 people are going to buy my course because they thought that's not what it is. It's about like, you're constantly putting out content, looking for the right person who's like, I want to learn from her. Yeah, that's, uh, and that's something I think our listeners would love to like, kind of go into a little bit more. Like I heard a few things there that really stand out to me, but of course there is this common trend and pattern amongst anyone who's starting something out like that. Building that audience is key. Um, And of course, figuring out where to find them. So maybe we can just kind of even just drill in on some of like uh, how you came up with those thought processes. And also like you kind of set out a long time frame when you said two years, I can imagine there's a few people who are like, I don't got two years to, you know, build my social media volume or, or, you know, it's, it's a long investment. So maybe like what are some of like some of the early like your early thoughts and, and successes maybe in starting to build that audience? We've covered South by Southwest. What, what, where'd you go next? So I think that the next thing I did was Periscope. And I really was like making challenges, getting people into a Facebook group, getting them to know me, uh, running lots of free webinars, free workshops, and then having like a launch of like, you can now purchase the Doodle Your Dreams bundle. And we sold it as a bundle of all six classes. And then I did a weekly accountability for each of the courses so that um, I, my big thing is I want to help my students get through the content. I don't want them to purchase content and it doesn't go anywhere. So I do a lot of, I'll see you every Friday at 10 a.m. And we're going to go through module one. I'll see you every Friday. We're going to go through module two. And even my hiring classes, I, I help take people through. So it's really about putting out a tiny little webinar or workshop and then giving them that next baby offer and then letting them know, you know, you can, you can do more with me and here's more of what you can do. And now I've got multiple memberships. I've got eight week intensives. I do one-on-one privates. Like now I've built 
built that whole staircase that they say that you build, but if you're just starting out, but like, I was just talking to a group about this and I'm like, you know, you've got Kajabi, you've got your content, you've got your website, and then you've got your email marketing, you've got webinars and upsells that come from that. Right. And then you've got Stripe for your payment, but like, you have to make the time now to tell people all about it. Yeah. Like you have to constantly be telling people about it because people are always new in your creative river. And so you're constantly being like, Oh, first of all, get a kayak from over there. Right. And then you got to get this and you got to get that. And like, you're constantly telling them where to, to get all the tools. And some people just jump all in and they're just like, I, I just need this inner tube. I don't need a kayak. Like I'm just ready to jump in with you. So it's like, like this whole metaphor of you just have to keep guiding people to the creative river of what you're creating. Yeah. So in terms of your, your process, was it all strictly like organic social? Did you also try, I mean, I guess, Sala, your booth is paid advertising. Right. Did you also also engage in any other types of like paid advertising? I do some Facebook ads to um, mostly, okay, mostly not Facebook, it's mostly Instagram. You find people who might like my page. It's not like I'm going to send them to an offer. I'm looking for people who want to who wanna follow me and become a follower. Um, so I do a lot of advertisement for people that just come find me on Instagram, right? And so there's a lot of doodle videos that I do that I know are big hit winners that I run a certain time of year. Like I know this one little paper doodle house, like one year, I think it brought in 7,000 new people on my email list just for them to download the paper version of it. And so that was a a great list builder. And then from that list builder, I said, okay, now I'm going to do a seven day doodle challenge. You want to join me for the seven day doodle challenge? Now I'm going to do this. And so then I pull people through the programs throughout. So I use my social media to first of all get them to become a follower and then I occasionally pop out like a a fun challenge or an event for them to be a part of. And then the other thing is, is, you know, speaking at events. So I I do a lot of speaking at events for bringing awareness of it. I do a lot of um, fun. I'm trying to think of like, it's it's not even just challenges. It's just fun little things that people want to do just like me on Instagram. So a lot of my stuff is bite size of like, oh, she drew this. I can draw this. So there's a lot of like, come back to my Instagram because you're going to come and learn something new that you're going to want to practice on your own. But my biggest thing is I love to see the transformation in person of my students. I really like that we do a lot of show and share where it's like, come and show me your drawings. Come and show me what you've drawn. And then we learn from each other. We do some breakouts. So right now what I'm finding, a lot of my community just wants to be together. Everyone's still feeling very isolated. A lot of people still aren't able to see a lot of people based on their life right now during this COVID times. And so this is the place where they come and they get plugged in. This is the place where they come and feel a part of something. This is a place where they come and they like grab an idea and then they're creative for the afternoon and they feel good for that moment about what's going on. So I don't know how much that fully answers the question about, but I don't, I don't run regular Facebook ads and things like that. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. It's, it's, I think it's, it's encouraging, especially for someone who is just like thinking about getting started. Like, I think there's probably at least uh, a lot of people that, that paid advertisement is the only way to get into it. At least in terms of what you think. 
And so just the idea of being able to take what you do well and doing it and showing it and getting it out there to an audience who's interested is, is I think, really inspiring. Well, you've you've been at this for a while. Um, I'm wondering if we can go back kind of in the, the historical timeline um, as much as you can remember of kind of whether you want to focus in on South by Southwest or maybe the next area. Like, I, I'm, I'm curious, like, what was some of your, I guess, your expectations in terms of like what you're going to get in terms of numbers, in terms of launching, like not, you don't have to get into the specifics, but like, were you expecting to get 10,000 people sold? And then what did you ultimately hit? Yeah. So my first launch, the very first time I launched the Doodle Your Dreams program, it was $297. It's now been broken up and it's like a $47 bundle with a $97 upsell with a, you know, like it's, but when I first launched, my intention then was I'm going to launch these six classes, $297. I gave everyone a set of markers. I gave them a signed copy of my book from Amazon and I sold a hundred people right out of the gate. So it was a $30,000 launch the very first time I ever launched through Kajabi. And so that was more than I expected to make for sure. Yeah, that sounded amazing. Yeah. So, but what's funny is I was really hard on myself. Like I, it was more than I thought, but then I also was like hard on myself. And when I look back on it, I remember being hard on myself instead of like, like I don't, it was more than I could imagine, but I also was like, I could do better. Like maybe I, maybe there's something more I could do. The biggest hiccup with that was international shipping. I lost money on international shipping of all these packages and these bundles and other things. Cause I create a lot of products now, but I only ship in the U S and I normally bundle them with an offer. And it's like a bonus. I'll send you a set of cards or I'll send you a set of something. But I found that the physical product with the online course was a sweet spot combination for my audience because they want something tangible. They can draw along with, mm-hmm. and yes, you can do a PDF and yes, they can print out a PDF, but there's something about like having this little mini doodle book that they can follow along with and things like that. So in terms of like, what were my numbers every month and growing the business? It's interesting. Like I, I, I run my corporate business definitely by numbers, but because this was so passion oriented, I just was letting it grow and contract as I needed it to. So yeah. a few years ago, I had a, a, my husband had to go through back surgery and I had memberships going on. And I was just talking about this in one of my calls this morning. I had memberships going that I just said, I, I got to turn these memberships off. Like I, I can't be here and serve the way I want to serve because I need to be 100% with my husband at this time. And it was just the right thing to do at that time because everything is, is I'm the center of it. Like I don't have co-facilitators and trainers. Like it's, it's about me and my passion. And that's what I think my audience comes to plug into. They want to come and get like pumped up and fueled by the Diane Black energy and then go on. And so I knew I didn't have that energy and I knew that I could turn it down. And I knew when I was ready, my audience who was ready would still be there. And I think that's what I've learned the most with Kajami. And what I try and tell new people is I'm like, first of all, you can't, you can't hurt your audience. Like, like those who, the people who are, who are followers and really love you, they will keep following you and they will understand when you're like, I got to take a step back. Even on social media, there are times where it's like, I won't be here for a little while. I gotta, I gotta go away. And the true people will, will follow that. So now what I've learned is to really look at the overall lifer and, and really serve that lifer versus the 
it just being a one-off course and I'm just trying to, to sell a course. I'm really selling a whole an overall experience. And I can tell the students that have made it through like level one, level two with me. And then I can tell the students who have gone further and the changes that are inside their life. And that's what I get excited about is when I see those those students building on their skill sets. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so much it's it's much more about just like the expectations because numbers are obviously a different thing for every person. Someone may be excited to, you know, to break even on their launch. So no matter what those are, it's it's the, the expectations, which is which is really cool that you managed to exceed all of your expectations. It sounds like at least, of course, with learnings involved, too. Let's uh, kind of, I guess, maybe fast forward a little bit now that you're, um, you know, much further along in this journey. And like, where have you like just focusing in on like expectations as opposed to like any of the specific numbers? Like, what did you like aim to accomplish? And are you like, where are you at in that journey? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question because that's what my team and I talk about a lot is I, I will say, yes, I know we're going to have these these X launches and we'll have a calendar. I know we're doing these things over the course of the year, but underneath the real work that we're doing this year is this. And so like an example last year, I teach an eight-week intensive and I teach it twice a year and uh, we go through this set curriculum. It's a $2,500 program. I only take 25 students because there's a lot of people that would take 50. So this is where I'm unique too. Um, I only take 25 because I can only see 25 on my screen and I want to see all of my students and I want to see everything that they're that they're doing in the Zoom rooms. Like I I love being able to really know them. And so that's our highest end program. But our underlying work that year was how do we get these eight weeks consistent so that every time I come in and teach and, and my assistant will pull up, she'll be like, here's what you're covering. Here's the outline. Here's the pictures of what you did last time. Here are the questions that you got last time so you can anticipate it. So we automated that behind the scenes for me so that we now meet the week before and she's like, okay, coming next week, is week one. Let's review what you did last time. What do you want to change? And that has helped me as a facilitator to have that consistency, but then to say, you know what? That's out of date. I want to update it because now I'm doing this. And so it allows me to still be very consistent in my delivery, but also have the systems that I'm not like, what did I teach last time whenever we did week two? And so our biggest thing is that is that consistency. This year's work is we're like, okay, what's going on at the top of the funnel. Like we got to get the top of the funnel better. So what are the series of free webinars that lead into a two-day workshop that lead into this intensive that we can be running? And so now we're looking at, okay, who are our avatars? Our avatars are trainers, educators, facilitators, teachers, leaders. Let's run a webinar that's specifically targeted to each of those avatars. Okay. So if it's teachers, there's no point running a teacher uh, webinar in February because teachers are busy. Let's run that one in August. So now we're really looking at the systems of what's our first premium and how is it really specific and how does it take some of the products that we've made and introduce them to the products at the same time so that they start to understand there's more than this. So we're getting really clear on that top part. And so my big thing is like, once you're running, it's like, oh, I have a course. What do I do with my course? It's like, what's the business model around that course? Because you've got to have that business model. And my my A-week intensive is extremely successful. And so what's the business model to ensure that we get those 25 students because 25 students it may not sound like a lot it's still a lot but like you got to do a lot to get them to be the right 25 students and I've had students that come in and I don't know if people talk about this that I've kicked out I've, I've been like you're not a good fit like I'm sorry like 
I only take 25. I'm very, I'm very special with my 25 and we're just not a good fit. So happy to give you your refund. Um, cause I want to protect my community. And if I see someone who's like, not going to be the right fit and is constantly like challenging me and like doing weird stuff, I just don't even play. I'm just like, full refund. Love you. Wish you the best, but I don't think we're a good fit. Yeah. My, uh, I know my wife would completely back you up. She, she had 26 kids in a kindergarten class one year and <laughs> that was a lot. So, well, I know you, we haven't, I don't think we've touched on this too much, but like you have kind of multiple different areas of your business, like kind of going back to all the way from before you started the course, like you were more focused on the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you have a lot of like, I think I was looking over, look at looking you up and you have some kind of some big names that you've worked with. I don't know if that's something you want to touch on, but like kind of interested in hearing a little bit more about like that aspect of your business. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I still work with, um, top businesses. I have one that just reached out this week. I do infographics for them. So I'll go in and listen to either some data or some research that they've done internally. And my superpower is to listen to that complex information and kick out a visual that helps them then go and train and educate on it. Sometimes I write scripts for it. Sometimes I help them build their training materials and their videos. And so that's still a big passion of mine because it's where all of my superpowers are at play. And so within the Doodle Institute, we built this eight-week intensive and it used to live inside the Doodle Institute. And we pulled it out and started a second Kajabi site called the Center for Visual Facilitation because we had corporations that wanted this visual facilitation training inside of their organizations. And what we found is there was a disconnect sometimes of like the Doodle Institute name not being exactly what they wanted to go back and talk to their boss about. And so we decided to create a separate brand called the Center for Visual Facilitation for them. And I do exclusive trainings inside of organizations where I train again about 25 people at a time. We run them through a couple hours on Zoom and we run all that through Kajabi as well. The business gives me a lot of flexibility in my business model to decide like what levers I want to pull. Because if you only have one class, there's only so much you can do with that. And so what I found is over the years, I keep... Okay, I started with Doodle Your Dreams. Knock it down. What's the baby offer leading up to it? Okay, knock it up. What comes after that? And then what comes after that? So I started kind of like building that ladder that they talk about in entrepreneurship. And then also trying to understand like how much of it do I want to be able to manage? Because I know there's a lot of a lot of people who would tell me like, if you hire five more team members, you could be X much more successful. For me, and I've always been this way, I, I don't want to just scale this where now I'm not a part of it. Um, because it is... It's something I've done since the very beginning of like, I know there's magic inside of you and I can't wait to discover it with you. And I I still want to see that. And it may change in five or 10 more years, but I've built my business model that between these two Kajabis plus my professional stuff, I'm able to have the Doodle Institute be big at this time and then scale back. And then I can bring this one up and scale it back. And then what we always protect with my team is my summer. Like even yesterday when we were talking, I was like, remember this life stops May 30th. 31st and then it activates again August 15th. Like I I want my summers with my kids. I want to be with my family. And so we've built our business model around that, that, that there is a crescendo leading up to May. 
And then I go dark and then I come bringing the business back up in August. And that's a that's something I value. The other thing that I love to do is I ran an entire Kajabi bootcamp before y'all were even doing bootcamps and things like this. This was probably like four years ago. And I helped people start their Kajabi sites and I helped them build their sites. And I would visually draw maps out and say, what's your email list? What's your course? What's your outline look like? What's your avatar look like? Because I love to visualize that for people. Um, and so I ran that for a little while because I, I love helping people build their creative business as well. I can imagine like this, just even just just the course aspect, because every time I think about like, you know, what what course will I build and what, you know, obviously I see I talk to customers nonstop who are building incredible things. And so my brain is constantly spinning of like, what would I do every time I get to that course outline? I felt like I freeze. And so like being able to like, I guess, get some clarity and be able to be able to visualize that is is probably really key for someone who's get, just getting started out. Do you have any, I guess, tips for like anyone listening who is actually thinking about like starting uh, a course? Like what would you tell them to do? Okay. So this is fun. So before the Doodle Institute started and I was flying 60 times, right? A, a year, I would always eat at this one restaurant at the airport that I flew through and it had paper on the table. And I would sit there and I would draw. I would start with sketchbook basics where I taught someone how to draw in a sketchbook. Then I would teach them you can doodle where I teach them a visual vocabulary. Then I would teach them digital doodles. And I would sit there. So I would suggest to anyone, you don't have to go to a restaurant, but get a piece of paper and be like, if you, if you could sit someone down, what would you teach them and where would you start? Okay. Who is that person? Write down that avatar. I would teach. And so when I first started, I would teach and I gave everyone a name. I would teach Sarah and she's a librarian. And the thing she would say is, I never knew that drawing for my kids would unlock their math, right? Like, you know, like, and then I would say, okay, who's my next avatar? My next avatar is a little girl named Julie, who's 10. What would Julie say when she takes my class? Julie would say, and I get choked up, Julie would say, I can grow up and be an artist one day and make a good living, right? And okay, so then I want the executive who's a trainer. What would they say? They would say, wow, I got my ideas done fa faster. So on that piece of paper, write down who you want to serve, give everyone a name, and what would they say because they learned something from you? Then what what would you teach them? Okay, I would teach them this. I would teach them this. I would teach them this. And like write it down and put it on post-its and move it around. Okay, then if I want to teach sketchbook basics, what's in sketchbook basics? I got to teach them about markers. I got to teach them about a journal. I got to teach them about lines and how to how to draw lines. I got to teach them what to do when they make a mistake. I've got to teach them how to take this journal with them everywhere they go. Great, that's five classes done. Next class. Okay, the next class is you can doodle. I want to teach them about visual vocabulary. So we're going to draw a whole vocabulary of animals. We're going to draw a whole vocabulary vocabulary of banners. We're going to draw a whole vocabulary of handwriting. Done. That course is done. Okay. Digital doodles. I want to teach them how to draw on their iPad because once you can draw on your iPad, you can create anything. What are the five things in that category? I'm going to teach them about apps. What are the apps on an iPad? Great. Then I'm going to teach them how do you add color to your iPad? How do you export it? How do you upload it into a society six and make your own product? Done. That class is done. Like again, that's how our brain thinks. But when you have it on a piece of paper, then you're just like, okay, I'm going to cross this one off. I'm going to cross this one. I'm going to cross this one up. And now I do it so second nature that like I can kick out a whole class in a week if I want to. I really can. I can sit there and just map it out. And then the other thing, I'm very uh, detail oriented. So with my assistant, we will then put it into a Google Doc. 
And it'll say course one, video one. Okay. Is there a script for it? Is there video for it? Is there this? And like, we run a little checklist so that we know all the pieces that go through it. So like when I built my center for visual facilitation class, we had this epic spreadsheet that we ran every week to get that content done. And now it's done. Now the big job is I built this huge class. It has a binder full of content in it. I need the marketing engine so that there's always 25 students every time I launch it that want to go through the course and I launch it twice a year. Like I, then that's the, that's the far side of your piece of paper. How many times do I want to launch it? How many students do I want? And how do I keep it consistent? There's no point launching a class with 500 people and then you never launch it again because you fail. If you only launch one class one time and that's all you do, you fail because that class gets better and better every time you teach it and every time you take students through it. Wow. Yeah. And I, it's like, it reminds me of uh, it's like going back to watching like infomercials in the nineties when like the, the speed reading was all the, all the, the hype. It's like, I remember feeling like, man, if I could just get that, I could consume all of this content really quickly. And like your, your process is like fast tracking, taking your ideas and um, like getting them, bringing them to life um, and bringing clarity, which is just so cool. And I love how actionable that is because it requires really two things, maybe one, like a pen, like you could probably always like it right on your hand, uh, worst case scenario, or, uh, you know, a napkin that you have laying around. <laughs> you always have those tools available pretty much anywhere and you can take action on this. So, um, I, I love that. And by the way, for our listeners who are thinking about, if you do take action on any of this stuff, I would absolutely love to hear about it. Send us an email at podcast at kajabi.com or leave us a review so we can read it there it would be really cool to see others actually taking action from some of this uh, great information shared on the podcast going back to kind of like where you're at today you already kind of you touched on this throughout the entire journey but i think like a good way to kind of wrap this up is like just to kind of think about like where are you at today what about your life has changed i know you talked about this is all about family and being closer to family you're talking about the freedom that you've um you, you now have by kind of keeping your summers exclusive for you to do the things that you want to do. Uh, anything else in that? Like, I, I don't, yeah, I mean, you've covered so much of it, but like kind of like, how do we kind of bring that all together in terms of like what, where you're at today as a result of you kind of making this change in your business? Yeah. So we just moved from Illinois to Texas and I was unpacking my studio and my studio evolves every time, just like my classes, just like my, like myself is like, I'm constantly upgrading and downloading into this person that I live in. But one of the things I unpacked was from the Kajabi Summit, that little lanyard that had all those little milestone pins of like, you earned a thousand dollars, you earned 5,000, 50,000. Like the biggest thing for me is the milestones that I can look back on of like, I did it, right? I, I, I launched the first course and then I I did this and then I did that. And so I guess the, the thing is that if, if like you're looking back at all of this and you're looking at like where it's going, just remember there's always milestones and there's always like the videos can always be better, but like get the videos out there. The content can always get better. Teach it again and make it better the second time you go through it. And so if I didn't have Kajabi, I can't imagine where my life would be genuinely because I like a Kajabi on my phone. I listen to a course this morning. I was listening to Brandon Bouchard. So I go in and I log into my Kajabi. I'm listening to Brandon Bouchard this morning on my way in. I log 
log in to like change an offer. Like my, I live through, like my life lives through Kajabi and Kajabi allows me to connect all these pieces to create the lifestyle that I dreamed of when I was first starting a family. And when I, when I was doing those 60 cities a year, what you don't know is that like I was working 80, 90 hours a week and I was writing all these contracts and I was talking to all these clients and I was, you know, constantly trying to sell myself in the corporate world, constantly explaining what I was doing. And it was very draining. And then I had assistants who helped get my kids to school in the morning and an assistant who helped get my kids after school in the morning. And I was still very much a plugged in parent, but I was also very much not a parent because I was so busy running this uh, other life that Kajabi let me turn off certain things in my life so that I really do have so much more freedom about who I want to be and how I want to be with my kids. And that I think is the most powerful thing is the relationship again that I have with my kids, but then my kids see what I do. Like I, mean, I was celebrating with my kids last night. I was like, oh my gosh, I just did this. And and they know, they know Kajabi. They know what I've done. And even now as they're starting their businesses, I'm like, you know, Brock Johnson was running his own business while going to college. Like you could be, you could be doing stuff too. And so my middle daughter the other night, they were like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And she was like, I want to be successful. And I was like, that's great. You can be successful at whatever you want. Like that's what is neat. It's Kajabi lets you create whatever life you want. And then you get to, you get to fit other things around it. So I can't imagine my life without Kajabi. I mean that genuinely, like it is, it has done so much for me. Well, I really, really love how like you just, you you took the time to point out like the, the milestones uh, that are there throughout the journey. And that's probably something that for you, you've been doing this for a while. Like that probably hasn't changed. There's always another milestone that you're working towards. And like, I'm sure the journey is a big, big part of it. Um, So I guess kind of just to bring this to a close, I mean, I, I greatly appreciate with all of that freedom that you've earned for yourself, uh, that you've taken the time to kind of share some of this with our listeners. Um, really appreciate you taking that time out of your day to spend it with me, to spend it with our with our listeners and kind of share more about how you got to where you are. So thank you for joining us today, Diane. Thank you. And anyone who's listening, like just keep brainstorming. There's magic in your brainstorming. There's magic in putting pen to paper. The answers are inside of you. And then just do the next two things on that list and then keep brainstorming and do the next two things. I love it. Yeah. Again, such actionable uh, insights and something that anyone can do anywhere unless they're unless they're riding in a car. I'd encourage them to wait until they got to their destination <laughs> to, to pick up the pen and the paper. But thank you again, Diane, for sharing all of these insights. I want to thank everyone as always for listening. And we will look forward to seeing everyone next time on the Kajabi Edge podcast.